social distance. High five. You did do that one, right? So you may be seated. Glory be to God. Let's get into the word this morning. And of course, we've been working quite a bit in terms of the vision, working with the sons and daughters to make sure that the vision comes to pass and all that God is doing. And so um, we found out in this church, uh, the, the likes of Nosi and, and Carmen, they're not just pretty faces. Wow, these people have got minds, eh? And they're hardworking and God has been doing a tremendous work. So we'll do some presentations on Tuesday night as well of how you can plug in. And I just think one of the biggest challenges as I shared this um, last week is that it is unfair for you to be sitting there with not knowing where we're going to and what God's intention is. That's number one. Number two, you need to know how things work. So how did people get their promotion? How did people get into what God has got for them in their lives in this church? And as your apostle, I must take the time to teach, to train you, to give you an understanding how people get promoted, how people get demoted. I have suspended some people. I have dismissed some people in the last season. It's been a very challenging season because um, when things are out of alignment, it is that leadership is not in order. And so we had to comb through everything. We still are. So if you're feeling a bit of the, you know, the Lord's pulling a comb through that hair of yours, and it's a bit of knots. Don't worry, we're all going through it. Just tell your neighbor to relax. The yara kam yohara. Amen. <laughs> the Lord's helping us. And so, um, I wanted to share a story before we get into the word. Uh, the title of my sermon is Kingdom Values. Because it's one thing to have a vision. But if you don't have a value system that accompanies it, you will not end up fulfilling the vision. There must be something that governs your life, something that protects your life, something that says that's, that is a good thing to do, but it's not the right thing to do. Values help you understand that. So I want to teach on values this morning. But here's something I wanted to share with you. And so I, um, if anybody knows anything about me, I love my swimming. So I enjoy it. And, um, and I don't know about you, but I never enjoy swimming in a dirty pool anyway. So it's got to be clear. I've got to see it. I, there's something that happens inside of me when I see, see uh, you know, clearly. I mean, it's apostolic vision, right? So you've got to see clearly. And um, last year, I invested in redoing the pool. I've been there a couple of years, many, many years, over two decades. So, um, um, yeah, it's, it's over 20 years. So... I basically did the pool for the first time. And um, the guy who did it, uh, I tried to send some business to, you know, a particular person. And so uh, when he was done, it looked all beautiful. Um, after three months of swimming, uh, something started happening on the lining of the pool. So it's marbleite pool. And I hate, if you ask the students over here, I hate a dirty pool. Not even just things on the bottom. Like any marks, why is it dirty? So it's just me and my eye. So, um, of course, being a new pool, I'm so excited because I'm, I'm assuming a clear, clear pool. And there's no, there's a pool without spot and blemish. So, this stains start showing up on the pool. And I'm trying to figure out how to fix these stains. So, I mean, you know, just go to the biggest and cheapest and sort of, hey, got some stains, going to fix it. Oh yeah, throw this in, throw that in. I mean, I've spent thousands of rands around the stuff. 
trying to get rid of these stains on the pool. I've tried everything. And I keep going back to the same people. And it's a big warehouse because it's convenient. So it's around the corner. It's not too far from us. So you go and get it. And the more I'm throwing in, and eventually I just said, look, you guys need to help me. I said, look, man, we're not sure if you this thing. Maybe, you know, let's just phone up somebody and ask if they can assist you. Now, these people are not really concerned about the pool. They're concerned about selling their product. So I eventually just... Uh, called in one of the guys they, re- they recommended. This guy comes in there half drunk. He says, oh, I think we're going to have to redo your pool. Okay. Is that the only solution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These things are never going to come out. These stains are never going to come out. So this has been months of irritation all throughout summer and then, you know, um, autumn and then spring and now it's back to summer again and I am so frustrated with this thing. And I'm driving on the road one day and I see a guy with advertising and he does pools and he, I call his number on there and I, I'm standing with him and say, listen, dude, I need help. I've been going to these people and, 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 and he says, let me tell you, there is only one place in Johannesburg that I know of in Gauteng that can assist you and it's not near you. Give this guy a call. His name is Michael. So I'm not going to tell you the, I'm not going to give free advertising for any of this stuff, right? So I call up Michael. I say, Michael, listen, apparently you're the only one in this Gauteng region that knows how to fix the pool. This is the stains. This is my problem. He says, he says, dude, I'm sorry, man. I can't come out to you. you. You're too far from me. We don't service that area, but you can come to me. Bring, bring us some water testing and the like. Take this testing. Man of God, listen to me. I have to travel all the way to four ways to see the square. So there's a bit of advertising. And I'm sitting, I say, listen, dude, test this thing. Here's what they did. Where, where are you situated? What pool do you have? What's the size of the water? How much water is in there? When did you do this? And, and, and. And he types all that information into a computer. I've never seen this before. So he goes through this thing. He says, okay, so you've got some serious problems around this year, X, Y, Z. The marks are on here. I tell you what you do. You take this. And you go and clean up, you do, do this initial thing. So they gave me some help, and so um, it didn't look 100%. I went back to the next week. I said, look, I think what you gave me, and it was like another 1,000 rand again. I said, I think we should rethink. He says, okay, let's start from the beginning. He gives me peroxide. He says, I want you to follow this process carefully with me, and we'll solve your problem. He gives me this, and it's been the beginning of the week. By yesterday, there's not a stain on the pool. But here's the thing. I go back to him on Friday, right? And I go and take another test and I say to him, hey, dude, here's, here's the next. Tell me what to do next because I want to make sure. Now it's a trek to four ways and then there's a back. Oh, man, man, man. And he goes and he, he says, we have to build your whole pool from scratch. He says, don't come back to me this week. Come back to me next week with the test. I want to see what's happening in your pool. But every time he registers it on this computer and he tells me exactly what must be done. Because he's building this pool from scratch. I must go back next week, make this drive all over again to go and find out what's next. Here's the model of the story. Here's my point. Some of you have been traveling very far for this meal. 
Because the normal little fish and chip shop, you go for a little spiritual fix around the corner of you, is not giving you what God has got for your life. You're having to travel really far to get to this place. But a church alive is worth the drive. And here's my commitment to you. Here's my commitment to you starting from even this vision. Is that every single one of you, I mean, you watch these pool people. Look, they're in the pool business. We're in the people business. Shouldn't every one of you be registered on the system to say this is where you start? And this is how we build your life up. Isn't this how life should work for you? So that at the end of the day, you can see the difference in your life. You're going to shout better this morning. Is it not good that you register your name? Now say, God, do what you need to do in me. Let's get rid of the, every stain so we can have a church without spot and blemish. We're not going to go around for a quick fix. Go back to the same places. Have a quick prophetic word and not get understanding of its foundation to build people up. Now this church is going to clap their hands and begin to believe that you are worth more than a pool. You are worth more than a pool. Should your name not be said, where do I start? So we've given you vision. This morning I said all of that for, with a whole seven minutes to preach to tell you what the sermon is all about. So kingdom values. I'm going to give you a build up for your life. And if it's, listen to me, the reason why I have to go there, number one, I enjoy the fact that I have a clean pool. That's number one. But the reason why I pay attention is because it's costing me. The reason some of you are not going anywhere is you never make notes. Never. He says you put in this one so much at this time. Then two hours later, turn up the pool. Then do na 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 na. And I'm like a little kid. But I'm taking notes. Why? Because I want a clean pool. Are you taking any notes? Let's go this morning. Esther chapter 1 and verse 9. I'm dealing with a kingdom. I'm dealing with vision. Apostolic vision. This morning, we're going to get into understanding values. How would some people in the kingdom of God get promoted? And how is it that some people move nowhere, and yet they save? They look like they're unsaved. They look like there's no progress in their lives. What is it? So Esther tells you the story. It's about Esther who receives favor. She's a girl that should never have been a part of, should have been a queen, but God's favor upon her made her an attraction. And she married the king. But we like to speak about Esther and speak about your turn and, and the like. But I want us to go back and find out what gave Esther her turn. There was a woman in the palace by the name of Vashti. And so the king is having a party. The king is celebrating. That's how your father likes to do it. He celebrates everything that he has in his kingdom. He celebrates his sons and daughters. He celebrates the businesses they're establishing. He's, he's, he's celebrating the fact that Ronaldo's wife can now have a new kitchen and all the bills are paid. I mean, God celebrates on that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're not going to clap with the guy? Okay, fine. I'll clap for him and I'll celebrate him because anytime you have your bills paid, you have your children's school fields paid, you are walking in divine health, you are experiencing peace, all of heaven celebrates because God is looking on his people. He has extends his kingdom and he celebrates with the people and how well they're doing in the earth because it's a reflection on your father's kingdom. And so um, they're having this party in the kingdom. And so while the king is drunk, it goes on for a while, he says, now bring in my wife. And so let me show you how awesome she is. And so, 
Queen Vashti is also saying, well, if he's having a party, I'm going to have a bigger one. So Queen Vashti also made a feast for the woman in the royal palace, which belonged not to her. It's in the palace, but she belongs to it. It's not hers. It belongs to her. And so verse 10 says, On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded all these guys. So these are seven men who served in the presence of the king. I want to show you kingdom promotion, how things work in the kingdom, and how you can get there. And so these seven men, every one of them represents something in the kingdom. I don't have time for it this morning, but they, 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 they supply a kind of wisdom to the throne to make sure that the throne extends and lasts forever. So God has got that kind of people in his kingdom. And so verse 11 says, he says, now bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing a royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and to the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. So God likes to brag on you. God loves it when you're doing well. Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. So when the vision of the kingdom is working and you're finding things coming into order, all of heaven is celebrating. I know you don't like it, but heaven is. Heaven is happy. Come on, get happy this morning. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command brought by his eunuchs. Therefore the king was furious and his anger burned within him. Then the king said to the wise men, may the Lord give us wise men, men of good reputation, to sit around the table so that the people can rejoice. Amen. Wise men who understood the times, for this was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice. May you get an understanding about the kingdom. Those closest to him, those closest to the king, hmm, he starts to mention their names, the seven princes and Memucan, the seven princes of Persia and Media, who had access. You must appreciate access when God gives you access. When God opens up a door, don't you mess up your opportunity. Because some people, you know, you get an opportunity to have access into the throne, into the palace, into the corridors of power, but you mess it up when God sends you there. The gift of access is that. It's a gift of access. Who had access to the king's presence and who ranked, look at the kingdom, the kingdom's got ranking. So you can rise up in the ranks of the kingdom. You can come into a place of where you fulfill your destiny, where you operate on a level in the kingdom of God that brings a greater glory to God than where you are right now. So these are the boys that rank highest in the kingdom, verse 15. Now they have to decide because they're going to give the king wisdom. The input of the sons and daughters around the king determines where, what happens in the kingdom. What shall we do to Queen Vashti according to law? So you must understand the kingdom of God before you come up higher. In fact, God won't promote you until you understand kingdom principles. Because she did not obey the command of King Azarius brought to her by the eunuchs. And Memucan answered before the king and the princess, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king. Watch now, she's got this. She's in the kingdom and there's a great vision. 
but she lacks a certain value system. And because she lacks a value system, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes and all the people who are in the provinces of King Osirius. So this woman, because she's sitting this high, and she does not understand the value system of the kingdom, there's a problem in the kingdom, and all of the celebrations are going to stop because of her. Listen to what it says about her. The queen's behavior will become known to all women. So anytime I don't have a value system with the vision, I mess up God's plan in the earth. Your behavior in the kingdom of God is affecting how God not only views you, but how he cannot promote you because the children are looking how you handle kingdom business. For all the queen's behavior will become known. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women. So that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. When they report. So King Azarias commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him. But she did not come. So she hasn't got this value system anymore in the kingdom. And because she's not valuable to the kingdom anymore. She's costing us. This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior. So I want you to understand the value system of a kingdom and how your behavior affects whether God promotes you or not, even in private, of the queen. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let the royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes, so it will be, not be altered, that Vashti shall, no more, shall come no more before King Azarias, and let the king give her royal position. Watch the ranking, watch the position, watch how God would raise up someone who is better than her. Let her royal position go to someone that's better than her. This is the wisdom of the men that comes around the king. Why? They are not concerned about the king's wife. They're concerned about the progression of the kingdom. How do you do that? When the king's decree which he, may, which he will make is proclaimed throughout the empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. That means whatever you do at the top, the way I live my life is affecting you at the bottom. The way I honor my wife, the way I live in my home, the way I deal with church business, the way I deal, it means that people are watching. And if there's dishonor here, it will, there'll be dishonor in every single marriage. You are quiet this morning in this Presbyterian church. And the reply pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Memucan. Every one of them had different kinds of wisdom. He only went after the one. Others were suggesting because you could study their names. One said, just slice and dice her. True. Let blood be shed. Every one of them means something. Memucan says, exclude her, replace her. That is wisdom. So, that's in the book of Esther. So, he did that. And so, he sent the letters to the provinces, to each province and the like. So, here's the point about the value system. Is that... My behavior is affecting whether God can bless me or not. Now, I want you to know today that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In fact, I want to show you how you can build your life up in the kingdom of God 
and that you can find out what gets people promoted and what gets people demoted. What gets people dismissed, what gets people suspended, what puts people in the kingdom and in good stead with the favor with the Lord upon their lives. And when you come into this house, you're going to find that even though the vision be great, there are many things that we face as challenges to exclude from the vision so that we understand the power of moving forward with the vision for the sake of the next generation. I want to show you this. Um, the kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. Our behavior can slow it down or accelerate the momentum of the kingdom in your midst. Your behavior can. Good behavior, God celebrates. So, so joy is not an event. It's, it's, it's a reward for making good decisions. So this woman's behavior halted all the celebrations and the momentum in the kingdom. Misbehavior, especially from leaders, impacts kingdom proceedings because others are infected. Listen to the word, infected. So your dishonor and the way you treat me, others are watching how you treat me as my leaders around me. That's why I'd rather walk alone. Well, I support Liverpool. We never walk alone, but for me in the ministry, I'd rather walk alone. Because your behavior, the way you treat God and the money and how you treat the altar and how you, how you take care of, of kingdom business through recordings and, and investments in the kingdom of God. If you're finding somebody with dishonor up here, you've got to dismiss them. You've got to suspend them. You've got to move them out of the way for the sake of the kingdom and their children. Someone quoted this. They said, what you tolerate, you allow. Sometimes... You have to be just done. Not mad. I can get really mad. I can get really angry. Not even bitter. Just be done. I'm like, we've had this conversation for the last six years. It's over. Let's not be mad. Let's not be bitter. You go left, I go right. We're good. Not because I hate you. Not because the person's a terrible person. But because their behavior is affecting everybody else in the environment. And you are really quiet this morning, but I'm okay with that. Because you cannot change what you're not willing to confront. Listen to me, leaders. I'm speaking to you as leaders. Don't be afraid when somebody corrects you or even shouts at you. This is what you must be afraid of. When somebody stops correcting you. The day God stops speaking to you, you are in trouble. The day God can't tell you anymore, go left and don't go right, you are in trouble. The day God can't say to you, go and humble yourself and go and repent of that thing or go and sow that seed and make right with it. The day you stop moving, you are in trouble in the kingdom because your value is coming down in the kingdom. Nobody can call you and say, God is, you know, God can't call you and say, hey, come. I shared this yesterday that I had to go and sow some seed. But it's been bothering me for a couple of weeks. And I'm thinking it's me. I'm thinking, you know, and your head plays games with you. Should I, shouldn't I, and the like. I am telling you the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave me until I had made this thing right. It was like when a relief when I sowed that seed and I went to this pastor's office. I said, man of God, please forgive me, man, for my delay. But this thing's not leaving me. And I just got to obey. I don't know what it is. I got to obey the Holy Ghost. I just wept in his presence and he prayed for me. Can the Holy Spirit move you to a place? Or are you stuck 
in a place where there's no value inside of you. And God can't use you anymore. Do you still repent or is pride the thing inside of you? And you can't humble yourself and you can't go and make right with people? Are you, are, anytime you get into that place, your, your value decreases. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. Here's a chart. I'm going to do a masterclass on this. I'm going to give you a quick glimpse. And if you don't have your phone out, good. I'm going to charge you next time on the masterclass. Put up that picture for me quickly. This is called Kingdom Values. Now, if you want it, take it quickly. When you are dealing with your spirit, when God begins to work with you, and he begins to build you in his kingdom, there are seven stages he's going to lift you up into that's going to help you become what God has called you to be, and you can be promoted in the kingdom of God. And anytime you're finding people going up and down that ladder, some are going up because of their hearts that are right, others are coming down because their hearts have become hardened. But that's a ladder that you climb with God. The first one is spirit. I want to get into these seven. The second one is the heart of the man. The third one is the fear of the Lord. The fourth one is wisdom. The fifth is excellence. The sixth is diligence. The seventh is faithfulness. This is how you climb in the kingdom. And anytime you find somebody who's being promoted in the kingdom, you can go and mark these values inside of that individual. You can, with guarantee, you'll go and see that God is promoting certain people and it doesn't, look, you know that the spirit of the Lord is upon you. So when you deal with seven kingdom values, if you learn them, apply them, use them, you will, God will use them, uh, you're using it to advance God's kingdom. But God will protect his asset. You become an asset for God. When you begin to climb up there and you become valuable to God, you become God's asset. Your family, your home, your money, your health, everything about you. God protects you. You find God answering your prayers on a level that you've never experienced before because you are not just somebody with, with no value. You're somebody that's made yourself valuable for the kingdom of God. And so um, when I put myself on that register and I said, God, clean me with whatever pool asset you need to. And do a shock. Some of you need a shock. A pull shock. To cleanse the stuff and say, build me up. So I want to become valuable for your kingdom. This is, this is the lessons of 16 years. I'm giving this to you. So the first place, let's get into some scripture. The first place is the spirit. When God raises up your value, number one, he makes a deposit into your spirit. Give me scripture please. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When you get saved, because of where God wants to take you and the wealth, He's got to go and put the deposit in your spirit. So everything that you're looking for is in your spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is not a religious organization. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you can't build wealth with a poverty spirit. I'm going to stop right there. Some of you are trying to put your money together and your life together and you're not paying attention to the spirit. When God builds you up and he goes and says, now bring your pool here and let me give you the instruction of where to go. Here's step number one. Pour in the spirit. Get the Holy Ghost. Get born again in the kingdom of God and let your spirit come alive to a kingdom thing. 
Let me explain to you how important this is. Because you can't build wealth on a poverty spirit. You only build wealth with wealth. So when David comes from a poverty spirit, and David comes from a broken background, and he hasn't got a father that believes in him, and David only knows how to look after sheep, when David takes off Goliath's head, and he knows he's anointed to become king, God's taking him on a path and going to grow him up. The first step that David, after he takes off Goliath's head, he enters into the palace, the first thing God has to do is give him a Jonathan who empowers him, who grew up in the palace, who has got a kingly anointing, and say, David, this is for you. What's he doing? He's putting David on a prosperity platform. And he says, from today, you will never be broke another day in your life. Are you hearing me today? That's what the Spirit of the Lord does when you come into the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs it gives you a kingdom. All that you need, that you need ever for your future, from your image to your low self-esteem. So how how do I handle money? How do I deal with people? I always feel bad about myself. Uh Uh-uh, not in the kingdom of God. When God brings you in the kingdom, He sets you on a platform. He makes you equal. Come on, you become a co-heir with Christ. You stand on a different platform and you say devil you can go to hell I am broke no more I'll never be poor another day in my life my spirit is alive unto God I need this church to jump up to their feet and believe that they're standing on a different foundation and say I am not broke at all listen my big brother is Jewish man there's not no junk Jewish people there's no broke Jewish people we are of course I can put a deal together of course I can put a strategy together of course I can ask what do I get out of this don't come with excuses your foundation is spirit and you are rich you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies you lack no good thing and the church gave a bigger shout in this this morning the business world will never tell you this because they'll always make you dependent upon them like they got it Christ got it and you are in him. I got to move on. Because when you get into the spiritual realm, the anointing is the power to get wealth. How can you ever be broke? I don't understand single and broke. Because what you're doing with your time. I get it maybe and not altogether but somehow for couples I mean if you're both in the spirit and you've got good foundations born again how can anybody be broke I don't get broke I don't understand it not like I wasn't there it's just that I never believed it should belong to me I always believe that God could raise us up so because the anointing is there so foundations for wealth comes by the spirit first it's in the spirit of a man Here's the second thing. I want to get into a couple of them, but I want to focus on one or two of them that's going to help us. The second one that you have to climb is number two is the heart of a man. So now that you're born again, God is to bring you on a different level and begins to speak to your heart. So the Spirit of the Lord is on the inside of me, but my heart's affections for things of the world and other things, the Holy Spirit's bending it all the time to say, no, 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 son, don't go in that direction anymore. No, don't, don't hang on to those people. Don't, the inclination to be with those people and, and, and to... Spend like that and, and, and not to be, to, to manage your money right. And he gives me a different value system. So you, you can't manipulate me anymore. I'm, I'm very generous. I, I know I am. I make things happen for people. It's in my spirit to do that. But you can't manipulate me. 
And the Spirit of God will tell me where to sow, what to do, which way to go. Because when your heart is for the kingdom of God, the Spirit of God can use it for His kingdom and for His glory. And so, out of that heart is life and faith and, and, and hope and also offenses and hatred. And so you see, the reason why God must grab a hold of your heart, because money is an amplifier. If you were greedy now, and you got 10 cents, when God puts 10,000 in your hand, you'll just be 10,000 times more greedy. Because money just amplifies who you are. There's no greater test than putting money in someone's hands. No greater test. Because now you'll find exactly if it's bitterness, hatred, revenge, whatever's in their hearts, it's going to come out because money does that for you. And if you were lustful with 10 rand on the pornography channel, when you get the 10,000, you won't need the channel anymore. You'll be in the studios yourself. You better fix your heart for God while you got nothing. And the test will come when God tests you with a little bit. Why? He wants to promote you. So I want to touch on this a bit to understand honor that's in the heart of an individual. So I'm going to breeze past this one for a minute. I'll come back. I want to end up with this, with this piece on the heart. Because this is what affected this woman in the palace. Her heart was, tell the king to go to hell. I'm not coming, even if he's calling me. And that dishonor affected her future. So, then the third one is the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It's not that you're afraid of God. The fear of the Lord, please write this down, is attached to your decisions. So anybody who does not have the fear of the Lord makes poor decisions and they don't care the, effect, the impact on other people's lives. And so you can say that you love God and you like to worship. The question is not loving God. The question is do you have the fear of the Lord? Because in my private time, the fear of the Lord governs my decisions. I'm by myself. But I am walking in the fear of the Lord so that I, when I make my decisions, it doesn't hurt anybody. And you show me somebody that can even worship, but hasn't got the fear of them, has lost the fear of the Lord, they make decisions only for their flesh. You cannot build wealth without the fear of the Lord. Because I wake up every morning with decisions I have to make, and decisions decide destiny. Give me Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. Have a look at this. This is really good teaching today. You're getting a really good teaching. This is good meat. For some of you, it feels like it's a peroxide wash. <laughs> I'm in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 6. What did I say? Holy Ghost. Please put it on verse 6 for me. Okay, go to verse 1. Let's read it. Thank you, Jesus. Help your apostle. Verse 1. So Joseph, 17 years old, 17 years dealing with vision. God's got him, he's raising up his man, he's going to use this man, and he's going to write his story about his future and what he's done, right? So Joseph is going through tests. Here's your two tests in the vision. 
concerning your value system. One is morality and two is money. You will be tested. How you handle money and your morality. So Joseph, his brother sold him into, to, into Egypt. He's now serving and he's this guy that is operating now waiting for the vision to come to fulfillment. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar and an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard and an Egyptian, brought him before the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. What makes you successful is that the Lord is with you and that you have a value system. And he was in the, as, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Testing time. Testing time. Because Joseph's climbing the ladder. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. May that be your testimony this year. That people will see that whatever comes into your hands, it prospers. Because you're a God-fearing woman and a God-fearing man. I please need an amen from you. Even if it's by faith, give a shout, a bigger amen. That, that you, out of listen to that, because of his faithfulness and because of his results, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. That's the heart. His heart was to serve. See you building up there? One is the spirit, two is the heart, three is the fear of the Lord. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. He made him, put him in charge. You don't just get put in charge if you're stealing things and not taking care of people. Why should God promote you? If you can't take care of kingdom business and the things the way you should be. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed. You know, when you're finding a person who's actually honoring God and is sitting with the favor of the Lord, it doesn't matter what company he's in, whether he's even in prison, everything, wherever Joseph was, the blessing was on him and the, he, he, because he lived out of a value system. Made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. May the Lord bless your company for your sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and in the field. My goodness. Why? Because Joseph was not just carrying a vision. Joseph had a value system. Show you in scripture. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had, uh, had for except for the bread which he ate. He didn't come and look after Joseph. In fact, what did you do so today? Uh, okay, so where's the stuff? Counting all the stuff. So you did so much today. So how much? I mean, if somebody, I, I, I hate working with that kind of people. To look after you all the time. I want to get with leaders that I can say, just do what you need to do. And do right. Why must we look after you and, you know, did you steal something? Now I must come back. I gave you seven pencils. Now at the end of the day, I must come back and say, I must count. One, two, three, four. So where's the seventh pencil? How ridiculous it is to work with people like that. Integrity has got to be, it's part of your heart. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance like Pastor Max. I'll clap for myself. I'm okay. I'm happy with me anyway. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. What? But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master doesn't know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has into my hand. He's entrusted me. Look at my heart. 
And listen to this. He's not speaking about his heart, but it goes a little deeper. Here's his answer. There's no one greater in his house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. Listen to Joseph's response, man. He's got, the spirit is on him. He's got, his heart is for God. He's carrying a vision. He's now operating on this next level. Listen to his response. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against, not my boss, against my God? How can I, when I'm operating with the fear of the Lord on the inside of me, and I'm becoming valuable for the kingdom of God, I make decisions based upon the fact that this is not going to affect you, just, it's my relationship with God. This is a great vision, but everything I'm doing is protecting this vision with a value system. There's certain places, it's not, not bad places to go to. I just don't go there because it's going to affect me. I'm protecting, you protect vision with a value system. And the problem why most people are not going anywhere in the kingdom of God is because they've just chucked the value system and they just want the things that God gives. So I can go with anybody, I can go and I can, I can just, you know, write checks or, 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 or pretend like you're not bribing or, or this is illegal or whatever and never go and make decisions that says, I'm not going down this road. I can't step beyond this boundary. Why? The value system is a fence that protects you. So, I mean, the story goes that she never even stopped there. She pestered him every single day. I mean, what desperation from this woman? Listen, man, be afraid of people who don't have the fear of the Lord in them. Be afraid of them. Be afraid of them. Because they don't just destroy their own lives. They make poor decisions for life, and they don't even know it, and they destroy yours as well. So the fear of the Lord takes you to the next step. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what's the next step? It's the spirit of wisdom. So give me Esther chapter 1 and verse 13, please. Because your next step now is wisdom. Because wisdom comes with understanding, and understanding comes with knowledge. Knowledge is the parts. Understanding is the assembly of the parts. Wisdom is the ability to fly the plane. You get what I'm saying? So you can't have wisdom without knowledge, without understanding, because wisdom is applied knowledge. I need to find out what I know and apply it in the right way for every situation that I need to have to, and uh, that I have. So that when you are dealing with any business deals or any challenges in your home or whatever you're dealing with, you're operating out of the wisdom of God. There's two kinds of wisdom. Wisdom that comes from above, wisdom that comes from the earth. And so that man's kind of wisdom that they're trying to solve this problem, and I need to let you know that you know, the politicians are going crazy because here comes the next election. So they're promising, we're going to fix South Africa, fix South Africa. You cannot solve a problem on the same level it was created. You're going to need the wisdom of God to go and move you and begin to help you understand how to move forward. You need to understand that you can't be doing the same thing over and over again. You keep on going to the same pool place and buying the same rubbish and then spending the same money and going back and saying, I believe you again. And then I go and I fill it in and I say, two weeks later, it doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, I did tell you it's not, it might not work. But why don't you try this again? I'm going on like this for months. I'm thinking, who's the crazy one here? The poor people or me? Call for, may, may the Lord deliver you from stupid people. So then the king said to the wise men who understood the times. He says, 
This was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice. He brought kingdom people to come and sit around the table. Because you not only need a heart for the kingdom, you not only need the fear of the Lord to make good decisions, you also need God's wisdom to solve your problems. So he brings these seven men, and they've got a good reputation, and they're making decisions for the sake of the kingdom. And so, these are people that are ranked in the kingdom. I'm calling for people that actually have a kingdom understanding to come and sit around the table. I don't need you to carry my bag. And I can polish my own shoes. Thank you very much. I don't need you to come and sit around and say, Apostle, really nice. I don't need you. I need people of wisdom and integrity around the table. I need people who fear the Lord. People who have a heart for God. People who understand kingdom stuff. I can carry my own bag. And I can open up my own door. I'm good all by myself. Ask my wife. And everybody said, Amen. They were celebrated and promoted and given the gift of access because they don't only have a heart for the king and the kingdom, they also know how to handle kingdom matters and understanding kingdom protocols. And you watch somebody who's lost the fear of the Lord. They'll just make decisions. It's like, ah, you know, just do whatever. They really don't care about the future of the kingdom. They don't even really care about their own children. The fear of the Lord does, should change the, your decision-making processes in the morning. Because when you, get, when you have the fear of the Lord, now you open up your life to God's wisdom. So God's wisdom can come down you so you can make good decisions over every situation. There are some people that must be, be given a second chance. And then there are other people that you must be done with and say, be finished. We've been through this thing. You've stolen enough money. You've wasted enough of my time. Go somewhere else. I'm saying that to you because I did it in the last season. And here we go. Verse 19 says, listen to their wisdom. Esther 1.19. If it pleases the king, let the royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of Persians and Medes so that it might not be altered that Vashti should no more come before King Azarius and let the king give a royal position to another one who's better than she. That's the wisdom. One said killer, others did, you know, different ideas. The king said, replace her. Because the kingdom's going to advance. Here's number five. Excellence. Give me Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1 quickly. So, you know Daniel, this is how it should be, an excellent spirit should be yours. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. So he's King Darius. And over these, so he's got all of these, and then three governors on top of the 120, of whom Daniel was one of the governors, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. This is why it should be in the kingdom. We will suffer no loss. I'm going to say it one more time. You will suffer no loss when you come in the kingdom of God. Listen to this apostle. I am telling you, the kingdom vision is clear. If we go with the kingdom value system, we're going to suffer no loss. I am believing that every son and every daughter in this place will rise up with kingdom understanding. I am giving you knowledge. I'm giving you understanding. I'm giving you the wisdom of God. And as you rise up in the season, you're going to walk in not just the fear of the Lord. You're going to walk with the heart of the king. You are also going to go and walk with the fear of the Lord on the inside of you. 
and you're going to walk with the wisdom of God. And everybody said amen in this place. Because once I have the wisdom of God, yes, is what God adds to it, daughter. If you're the only one I have to preach to this morning, I will preach. But God will give you the spirit of excellence. I watch your work. Your work is such excellent work. Watch what the Lord's going to do in this season. Because excellence attracts people are drawn to a place of excellence. When there's a place is in order, I am telling you, you need to know pressure's been applied. When we've gone and broken walls down and we're mowing lawns and fixing the places for the children and all people are drawn to a place of excellence. May you have an excellent spirit in your workplace. May you have an excellent spirit in your home. May you have an excellent spirit wherever you go. Whatever you put your hands to, may there be an excellent spirit. May you not give people your second best. May you give them your very best when you wake up in the morning. May you go and study and become the best that God has called you to be. May you understand that I'm not even doing it for you. When I prepare and I'm up three o'clock in the morning and I'm praying for the church and I'm praying for and preparing and I put on a presentation and I do what I need to do. I am walking with an excellent spirit. You might not be excellent. The people that I minister to might think this is fish and chips but when I come to the kingdom of God I'm not even doing it as unto you. I'm doing it as unto the king because the kingdom of God is an excellent place and when God downloads a holiday, it's the very best. When God downloads a car, it's the very best. When God gives you a house, it's the very best. When God gives you a swimming pool, it's the very best. Come on. When God sends you, it's the best seats. Come on. Now shout to an excellent God. Then Daniel distinguished himself above the governor's and the satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to promoting him over the whole region. They got mad at him, and that's why Daniel ended up in the lion's den. Because of his excellent spirit. You want to know how people get promoted in the kingdom? Follow what I'm telling you. You want to know how people get go down that mountain? How they take steps down further, further away from God? Follow that pattern. Proverbs 22 verse 29. See a man who excels in his work. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. He will not stand before ordinary people. Number six. Diligence. Proverbs 24, 24. The, ha- the hand... Of the diligent will rule. Proverbs 4.24. Proverbs 4.24. I know you have an excellent spirit at the back. It's not even the scripture. Find me the scripture. The hand of the diligent will rule. But the lazy man will be forced. Be put to forced labor. You can't work with lazy people. You want to watch somebody that's broke? And lazy. I mean, I can't allow even the lazy people to be around me because what I'm building is not even for me and for you. I've got your children in mind. I can't leave them with an unfinished project. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. How can you be lazy in the kingdom of God? How? This is an excellent kingdom. This is work that must be done in an excellent way. How can you hang around with lazy people? 
How can you wake up with no vision in the morning? How can you wake up with no understanding in the morning? How can you wake up and not say, what are we going to do today? Are you kidding me? Do you know how much work must be done in the kingdom? You're really quiet. You will not leave unfinished projects for your children to finish. Say this, I must walk away from slothful people. They'll make me just like them. Proverbs 24, 30. I went by the field. Proverbs 24, 30. I went by the field of the lazy man. And by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. When you don't understand the kingdom of God, even if you're working hard, you can be climbing the ladder, but the ladder is against the wrong wall. Your whole life, you work hard. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. With what? Making no progress. How can you still be broke? There's two things. Some people are lazy. And they don't have understanding. He says, you go by any one of them. The lazy man and the man that has an understanding. They look the same. So you might work hard, but you're not working on the right thing. And the outcome's the same as the lazy man. Look at the outcome. Verse, next verse. No, guys. Next verse, 31. Verse 31. The Lord's going to help us this morning. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its, its stone was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. Here's your instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. You cannot be slothful. You cannot be slothful. Let's get into the final one. Number seven, faithfulness. You cannot be fruitful unless you are faithful. Luke 16.10. He who is faithful in what is least. That means... If I can't handle 10,000 rand right now and tithe it, and I can't allow God to make sure that I do what is right with it a little bit, the little bit, in what is least, is also faithful in what, what is also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, look, listen to this. God says, now I'm going to take you the man-made construct called man, money. Money is a man-made construct. I'm now going to test you to find out how you handle money. It's called unrighteous mammon. How you deal with finances. What you do with your money. That's the least. In fact, in the kingdom school of economics, that's preschool. Not money. You're not working for money. You're carrying kingdom ideas. Money is just a tool. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, how can I commit to you the true riches of the kingdom? How can I give you the real anointing to make sure that you go to a place and you possess lands the way it should be? Therefore, if you've been not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who can, and if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, you can't take care of this house. You can't honor here. You, you know... <laughs> I heard Apostle Brandon Bailey speak about a man that said he has a regret at the as CEO. 
at the end of his life. He says, here's my regret. He says, all the men that I had around me that were supposed to be executives to execute on the vision could not fulfill, they were slothful in their work because they all wanted to be me. Some people are pushing so hard for the title on top here and their work, when you come past and see their work, their work is rubbish. How can God give you yours if you're unfaithful here? When you must be entrusted, a faithful man will abound with blessing, the Bible says. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Now you just think about that, that, that statement. I mean, you, we want you to be a CEO. We want you to be the top leader. But if you've sown discord in this organization, if you've sown slothfulness in this place, if you've sown dishonor in this place, how can God take you in the kingdom and promote you to where you need to be? How? It's not possible. Because here's the thing. Even if you get up there by yourself, the kind of people around your table will be slothful, will be lazy, will be liars, will be cheaters, just like you were. They'll be latecomers. They will, you've sown the seed. You're going to reap the harvest. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? I'm still serving Dr. Winston. I got a board meeting. I got another committee meeting. I've got to establish, they want a report of what I'm doing with these things. I'm still serving another man's vision. Why do you think that you're excluded? Why do you think you mustn't serve someone, get in on climbing with God? And God doesn't look on the outward appearance the way man does. God looks at the heart of a man to promote a man. When he wanted a king, he says, don't anoint David's oldest brother, because he looks like he could be a king. He says, I don't look that way. I look on the heart of a man when I deal with promotion in the kingdom. God will add skill. God will do a whole bunch of other things to help get you to where you need to be. But here's the point. Proverbs 28.20, a faith man will abound with blessing. You need to become a son. John 8.35 says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Because faithfulness is the separator. When you get into a house that God has got and the vision he's got, you now must become faithful. You know, the reason why you have mulberries on that tree again outside is because since I've been here, that mulberry tree has been producing every single year for only one reason. It is rooted to the same spot. It is committed. It is faithful. You know, I just put out the statement. There's, you know, there's no tree hopping. There should be no church hopping. I mean, at which point do you become fruitful and actually stay in one place? Go and serve the pastor's vision. Go and serve him. Go and bless him. Go and make sure you make lots of money and make sure that the, 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 the house gets built up. How about you become faithful? Because you want dominion. This is what the Lord said. Bless them. Be fruitful. Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And have dominion. How are you going to come to a place of dominion and ruling as the king if you are unfaithful? You begin by coming, becoming faithful. And your faithfulness allows the fruit to grow. My time is up. Psalm 75 or 6, let's have the worship team up.
Psalm 75 or 6, please read with me. For promotion, put it in the King James Version, please. King James Version says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Keep on going. But God is the judge. What's he doing? He's looking on the hearts of men and women. He putteth one down one and setteth up another. Promotion does not come from the east or from the west. It comes from the Lord. And I tell you how God promotes. Somebody who has a kingdom value system and keeps their heart pure from offenses and bitterness and unforgiveness and all hatred and all greed and stay in a servant's place, God will come and find you and he will promote you in his kingdom. Let's go back to that picture. Can I have that little graph quickly as I'm developing this? It starts in your spirit. God gets, goes to work on your heart. Because motives mean everything before God. He then moves you to understand the fear of the Lord. That you won't make a decision even in your private space that offends God. Then God births inside of you His wisdom. There's wisdom that comes from the world, but there's His wisdom that comes. What it does for you is you become excellent in what you're doing. It's just something that happens in your spirit. All of a sudden, because I'm in the kingdom of God and I'm operating with the fear of the Lord, every day I wake up, I will go and hang my wardrobes and go and do, I'm bringing order into my life. I'm on time. When I go to the jobs, I'm not murmuring and complaining. I'm doing what I do is unto the Lord because, not because of them, they're treating you unkind. That doesn't matter. I still have an excellent spirit. And then I become diligent, not slothful in my work, my presentations, my writing, my preparation, my sermon. I got more notes for you. I can keep you till lunchtime and preach about this. Because when I prepare for you, I prepare like I'm, pre I'm the, like the king is sitting here. Like it's as unto him. Will this honor you, sir? Are you okay with what I've done? Is the way I'm living okay with you? I'm not even doing it for you. I'm serving a king. When you worship, when you play and you prepare your skill. The Bible says that David shepherded God's people with the skillfulness of hands and the integrity of his heart. You want to know how people are promoted? Their hearts. The, so the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the forces of life. Seasons like this, I've got to go back and go and find out why. What's going on? And things have happened this year and whatever's gone with it. The bottom line is that I need to get my heart pure. Because I want to be valuable for the kingdom. And I want to remain valuable for God. And it's not so much about my gift. Because if God is going to give David the ability to put a, a, a stone in a sling, God's going to get the job done for his glory. He's just found a man after his own heart. That will do all of his will. And anytime you don't want to do God's will, and you're not in, interested in submitting, and you're not interested in the value system of the kingdom, God will go and fetch a darling check to sing. That's, a, that's just an, 
a, a secretary and make her famous. Make her famous because of her heart for the king. You can write books and it could sound crazy to other people. When your heart is right and you're doing it for the king. I know I don't qualify to be here, man. I know I, I, I got no church background. I don't know my family. I, I don't deserve to have the stuff that God's doing. I don't deserve for people to come and plant seed all over the world and say to you, go and bless the church and please, when you go on holiday, can you please just take this for you? Why would people do that for me? I mean, who am I? Because, let me give you this testimony. So a couple of months ago, you know, the apostles focused. I'm just like, I want this, I want that, I want that. And it's in my heart to do when I'm writing books and I'm, and I'm doing things for the kingdom of God. And the Lord stops me and he says, son, I want you to stop all that you're doing. I'm not going to approve another book from you. And I'm not going to download what you need from that book until you go and fix your wife's ministry. I want you to go put on the strategy, spend time with her, give, give her insight, build strategies, use your gift to build her up. Sat with her, down with her, and I, I sat down through all of the things called women of substance. Strategies from, I mean, like it fits her whole being and what God has done, like a glove. Spend time with her over and over and over again. Successful women of substance conference. A month later, I said, God, we never didn't even do the heaven and earth, but you wanted me to do this. He says, now watch what I do. We put together this heaven on earth conference in a month. And on the first night in this place, God settles the whole bill. Here's my point. Here is my point. You're looking for resources. You're looking for God to bless you. And could your problem not be spiritual and not natural? You're looking for physical blessing. Could your problem not be that you have a spiritual issue that your value system is misaligned? Because you'll be amazed what God can do in the natural for you after you've honored God in the spirit. You'll be amazed the kind of doors that God will open. And that's why I said to the sons, I said, while you are flying so high now, don't you get arrogant in that heart of yours. Because pride comes before a fall. You keep your heart pure. You learn to live with a kingdom value. Honor is the separator. Dishonor made Vashti an odor in the palace. Honor made Esther a fragrance in the palace. Honor is the separator. If you've never learned to honor or even teach your children to honor, you are in trouble and so are they. Honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord with your finances. Honor your set man that God has given you. That so you can honor your husband. Wives, don't get in caught up with money and and, and about church and that. Let your husband go and honor the Lord with his money. Why? He's going to build the fear of the Lord so that he can be preserved when he meets up with that woman that's got a low and a behold dress. My wife can't keep me from sinning. I fear the Lord, man. I fear God more than you. Inside of me is a desire to please Him more than you. I don't do it not because my wife won't see me. I don't do it because God sees everything. 
fear of the Lord has entered this place, I can tell you now. And it's time for repentance. Because hear me today. If you don't let God use you, God's going to use you. I'll give you a scripture. Ecclesiastes 2.26. Ecclesiastes 2.26. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give it to him who is good before God. This is also vanity and grasping for the wind. So, let me tell you now, the kingdom is going to advance with or without you. I got news for you. You're not so special. You are not so great. I am not that great that when I'm not here, the kingdom stops. Oh, no, no, no. God's got his people and people that are after his own heart. And I'm telling you now, for those, the, God's kingdom's the only agenda that's working in the earth. If you don't want to serve God, if you don't want to let God use you, God's going to use you. What's he going to use you for? He's going to use you to go and gather and collect and have hard labor so you can give it up to God's purposes. At the end of your life, you're going to be 89 and you're going to say, here's the policy for the church. I'm now giving the 10 million that I saved. I now give it to the church. Hard labor, hard work, because your whole life you wouldn't serve God. God will then make sure that at the end of the day, the sinner gets the task of gathering. You can make this thing a joy or you can make this thing a curse. You come into the kingdom of God and allow God to build you up so that everything about your life brings Him praise and glory. Or... You live like a sinner and God gives you hard labor and when you're done with your hard labor, you don't even enjoy it. You must give it to the kingdom. So God, you either let God use you or God's going to use you. I want us to worship. Won't you stand to your feet? Sing that. You deserve the glory. The hands are going up You're everywhere as repentance before the Lord. Come, let repentance flow in this place. Let it flow.
moment to repent. This is your moment to lift your hands toward the Lord. This is your moment to pray like never before. This is your moment to repent. I'm telling you, I can tell you the fear of the Lord's in this place. You need to sense it. Keep singing. Keep singing. Keep singing. repenting this morning not one all of us father forgive us this morning of hearts that become hard cold perverse wicked unrighteous unholy impure everything that's inside of us through offenses unforgiveness bitterness hatred anger slothfulness our prayer life our hearts are far from you God and we need to come back to the place of repentance the place of prayer and submission to you once again father we want you to get all the praise and all the glory may a fresh fear of the Lord rest upon this church from today that every decision be made because Not because people are watching, but because you are seeing everything. Cleanse our hearts from all sin and of all unrighteousness, every offense. Help us to guard our hearts with all diligence. For out of it springs the forces of life. I pray and ask in Jesus' name this morning. Help us to be your excellent people that you can use, be diligent, be faithful. To operate in God's, in your godly wisdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this morning. Your name be glorified in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we go rejoicing? I know it was tough this morning. Can we celebrate as we go? Just clap your hands one more time for Jesus. Good job this morning. Let's go rejoicing. Amen. Glory be to God.